Welcome to Pageant Planet's podcast, where we share stories and strategies to help expand and connect the global pageant community. Visit pageantplanet.com to find pageants, hire coaches, shop for dresses, and more. Now, here's this week's episode. Welcome, everyone, to another Pageant Planet podcast. This is the podcast for contestants who want to be inspired and discover how to win the crown. I'm Jessie Ledoux McMullen, Pageant Planet's Queen of Coaching, and I'm joined by Miss America 2018, Cara Mund. Today, we are discussing the life of Madison Anderson Berrios. Cara, set the stage for us. What would you do to achieve your dreams? When it comes to pageantry, some goals, like winning an international title, can seem so far away. Let's just break it down. Before even making it to the international stage, you have to take home a state title and compete against other contestants for your one shot of winning a national title. One contestant, however, found her way to the Miss Universe stage in a more unconventional way. You might have guessed it. It's today's subject. We're talking about Madison Anderson Barrios, Miss Universe Puerto Rico 2019, and first runner-up at Miss Universe. Madison was born in Phoenix, Arizona on November 10th, 1995 to an American father and Puerto Rican mother. When she was just three months old, her family relocated to Orlando, Florida, their new home. Madison remained in Florida throughout her childhood and teenage years, eventually graduating from Dr. Phillips High School in Orlando. After graduation, Madison began studying fashion design and textiles at the Fashion Institute of Technology in New York City. However, just like most university experiences, Madison's path took a turn, and since then she started studying both marketing and public relations. If you've ever met a pageant competitor, which if you're listening to this podcast, safe to assume you have, but you'll know that beauty and brains do go hand in hand. And even while pursuing an education, Madison's mother and grandmother inspired her to add pageantry onto her plate. Madison explained they've always been in the industry of fashion, modeling, and pageantry. My mom was actually a queen in Puerto Rico. She won two titles. Growing up, I would always see her crown in the household and hear her stories. This drove me to this world. I wanted to be that same role model that they once were for young girls. I realized that I can use the platform to actually make a difference. That was really one of my biggest motivations. Now, Cara, did you grow up in a similar family where, like, your mother and other family members were involved in pageantry? My mom never was, um, but my cousin was, and so she really inspired me, um, but we were about 10 years apart, and so, you know, just when she was kind of, you know, moving on and going to college, I was kind of getting in the swing of pageants, and so then I had another mentor come in, Stacy Thomas, um, who was a Miss North Dakota, and so then, you know, because Stacy was Miss North Dakota, I wanted to be Miss North Dakota, so hmm. I had some influences by blood and some not by blood, but, you know, role models, I can definitely see where, you know, seeing your mom and your grandma involved in the industry really inspired Madison to get involved. Um, What about you, Jesse? So I was on an island. I knew no one that did pageants. (laughs) I just, my mom and I just loved watching Miss America year after year on TV. And I just became totally obsessed. But I bet people that are listening are wondering now, like, how do I get a state title holder to be my mentor. Like, how did you meet Stacy, and how old were you, and and how old was she when all this happened? 
Yeah. Uh, let's see. So she won Miss North Dakota her first shot. I think she was 18. Wow. So, yeah, um, you know, pretty young and um, did an amazing job as Miss North Dakota. Uh, and I think we are, I'm not sure how many years apart Stacy and I are. We're about the, about, mm, maybe nine. I'm not sure. Um, but she was my dance teacher. And so I had a lot of contact with her that way too. And I think that's one thing that's really interesting is, you know, when I see all of these pageant girls and it's in the family, sometimes that can create uh, a really interesting dynamic, um, where, you know, you might be like, I don't need to practice just because you're telling me. And my Mm -hmm. mom would, you know, she'd be like, go practice your dance. And I was like, no, but then Stacy would tell me to, and I would listen to (laughs) Stacy. So I think sometimes it also helps when it's not someone in the family um that's more of an authoritative figure that you know you don't have to go see at Christmas and Easter and all the other holidays <laughs> well I do know uh, as I've gotten older I have some friends that have daughters in the industry and some of them are very talented coaches and consultants themselves but they refuse to coach their daughter for reasons that you just said so they work hand in hand behind the scenes with with their coach um and then like they just are able to enjoy the experience as mother daughter because in the household I can only imagine but I've also I don't know if you have but I've met so many siblings that are both successful in pageantry and I, it does help to have a competitor in the house and instead of like a role model encouraging you to do it oh absolutely I yeah I agree I don't know I don't know if I would have been a little more successful with that or not. Um, I'm not sure. But I think it did help definitely to have my cousin um, because it was always someone that I didn't feel like I was bothering, you know, if I had a Aww. question or something like that because I was the little cousin that, you know, she kind of has to love. <laughs> yeah, and she, is, she wasn't in payment either. So it was like, wow, yes. how nice, all of this free advice. <laughs> so true, so true. Did you get any of her hand-me-downs? Uh, no, I don't think, well, let's see. I think I got a few suits, um, because you know, that back early 2000s, that was like the thing, you know? Um, but by the time I got through like to MAOT and all that, we were in the dresses phase. And so there wasn't as many, um, suits and kind of like, you know, that desire to have a personalized suit as there was back in the day. So. Oh man, a personalized, I remember, so I competed for Miss New York in 2006 And that was like the end of the suit period. And it was so hard to find a suit for a woman that was not black or navy, right? And I got my suit. It was a a little boutique. Well, I shouldn't say boutique. It was a chain of stores. Petite Sophisticates. Did you ever hear of that store? Yes. Those were my hand-me-downs. Yes. It was a hot pink. I still have it in the closet. If anyone listening is in need of a suit, um, I'm certainly not. But it's a hot pink suit with some black buttons. um, And I had these adorable hot pink and black snakeskin pumps to make it a little more modern because nothing is as modern like a 17-year-old in a hot pink suit. (laughs) Right. Yes. But yes. (laughs) I'm glad we've evolved. I, I will say, um, we are kind of back to suits though this year. Yeah, or the last couple of years, there's been a lot of suiting and pageant interviews. Yeah, and the shorts, and mm-hmm. you know that back then that would have been a huge no-no. Um, but I, th- when I judged, I wore a, a short suit, and I kept thinking, would I wear this in an interview? I don't know. It's like up with the times, but I don't know if I'd feel comfortable. So I'm still like a dress girl at heart, but I do like to explore the different fashion options. I do too. I saw a lot of cutout jump or um, suits as well, which I thought was interesting. But again, if you're if you're competing in a pageant like a Miss USA 
or possibly International Junior Miss that has that more fashion forward flair to it naturally, you're probably okay pushing the envelope with some suiting if you wanted to like dance along the line a little bit more. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah. So anyway, so Madison's pageant journey began at the 2014 Miss Teen Florida USA pageant where she placed as the fourth runner-up, so not a bad start. And this strong start gave Madison the competitive edge and experience needed to explore pageants on an international level. Shortly after competing at Miss Florida Teen USA, Madison earned the opportunity to represent Puerto Rico at the 2015 Top Model of the World competition. As if history was repeating itself, Madison walked away as the fourth runner-up. After successfully representing Puerto Rico on an international stage, Madison decided that this shouldn't be a one-and-done opportunity. So she got bit by the pageant bug, as we all do. And the next year, Madison was crowned Miss Grand Puerto Rico 2016 and was on her way to represent Puerto Rico for a second time. And this time it was in October of 2016. She traveled to Las Vegas, Nevada for the Miss Grand International Pageant. Determined to showcase her true self and break her fourth runner-up curse, Madison wore an eye-catching fuchsia evening gown. This fully embellished gown featured a vibrant cape that was attached with silver butterflies. By pairing this with a plunging neckline, Madison created the perfect sweet but sexy look. With another strong performance under her belt, Madison was eventually called as the third runner-up, earning her her third consecutive top five finish, this time breaking at least her curse of fourth runner-up. She took a brief hiatus from pageantry after that took place, and then she returned where it all began, the Miss Universe organization. Although she had represented Puerto Rico on multiple occasions, Madison was ready for a new challenge, competing at Miss USA. Madison brought her journey to Miss Universe by signing up for the 2019 Miss Florida USA pageant. A clear front mat runner, Madison was ready to take home the crown. And however, as some of you know, Florida is one tough state to compete in. And there's high caliber contestants who return year after year to chase their dreams. And Madison would be one of many qualified competitors that year and every year in Florida. Absolutely. And after a very strong performance, Madison placed as the first runner-up behind Nicolette Jennings, who'd climbed her way to the crown from third runner-up, second runner-up, and first runner-up. So talk about dedication. I, I have to say, I want to pause for a quick coaching moment. And I think there's two parts of this. It's all I'm talking about resilience in this coaching moment. The first thing I want to illustrate is, one, Madison came year after year to these different pageants, not the same pageant year after year, but she kind of aimed high right off the bat. Like she didn't start in smaller pageants and then worked her way up. She went right in with state and national pageants and she finished consistently in the top five as we just heard. So I will say how it must have been from someone that really didn't like start from the ground up, right? She came right out of the gate and had passion and success. But then it took her a while to finally get her crown. And there had to have been something really deep in her that made her not give up. Because a casual pageant person, that happens time and time again. They're not coming back, right? Like they just, mm -hmm. it's not within them to really want that crown, want that opportunity. So if, if that's you and you kind of are finding yourself in a rut of uh, being a runner-up several times, 
I want you to think about Madison and, and all the strengths she showed and one, not being afraid to try different pageants and other opportunities Two, not being afraid to take a hiatus like she did to really come into her own and three, not being afraid to come back year after year, even though she wasn't having success. So, so Cara, in, in your pageant journey, can you talk about resilience and, and how it played into your mental preparation? Yes, um, I definitely had done something very similar to Madison, um, where I had taken a hiatus and um, I had been a runner up because uh, I, I always say it took me four years to win Miss North Dakota. And I'm very transparent about that. Mm. And um, and it just kind of takes, you know, you just have to keep pushing and pushing and pushing. And it's kind of this frequent reminder to myself that, you know, everything happens for a reason. And if it would have been a different year that I would have won, I probably wouldn't have won Miss America and it wouldn't have worked out the way that it did and everything kind of fell together. And so looking back, I definitely realized like why it happened the way it did, but it's so hard in the moment. And it was after my first year competing, um, you know, I was a sophomore in college. I had this really great summer internship opportunity and I just like was not feeling like going to Miss North Dakota that year. And um, I wanted to take the opportunity, but then it was this constant reminder in my head, like, this is a goal I wanted, but there's all these other things I want to do too. And what's interesting is when I took that year off, I really didn't miss it, um, mm. which I was surprised about. I, I really thought I would. And that, you know, during pageant week, I would feel like I was missing out. And instead I went and did this other thing that I wanted to do. And I got to intern in New York and I got to do all these exciting things and opportunities and pageantry was always still there. Um, so luckily, like with the age, I, I was still able to compete. But then when I went into competition the next year, I see I was just so refreshed and I didn't wonder during pageant week like what else I could have been doing or or anything like that and I really do think it was probably the best decision that I could have done because it really gave me this new perspective and also something new on my resume that was really interesting to talk about um so very similar to her where it was year after year and it's just not happening you take a break you reevaluate you become a stronger contestant and you come back for the win so I, I love that advice, Kara, and um, I don't want to do too many spoiler alerts because we are working on another podcast that's all about goal setting as we head into the new year, and I think um, that will air after this one. And um, and with that said, too, with the year off, consider like your gap year, right? A lot of people have a gap year between high school and college as they kind of figure themselves out, but with that gap year, you shouldn't just like sleep till noon and like not have a routine and like let life take over, right? Kara, when she took her time off, she was doing something that was pushing her, her life forward in a way that wasn't pageantry, which then allowed her to take those skills when she came back to pageantry, which added a whole different layer of what made her qualified. It was, it was all of that uh, dedication that she had put to something else. And it was all relatable to being a pageant title holder, I think at the very least. So with that, you wanna take that hiatus, I think that's great. I think if you know you want to come back to pageants at some point, keep that in mind. Set the goals that are parallel to pageantry. They're not pageantry related specifically, but they could come into play. Um, because in pageantry, you're not just competing for a crown. You're competing for, for your life, right? You're mm -hmm. setting yourself up for success. Because how many doors opened for you as Miss America, Cara? 
Oh my goodness. So many. Like so many. I, yes. My whole life changed at that point. <laughs> yes. And even um, myself who won Miss International, which isn't as widely recognized as Miss America. I mean, my life changed. I mean, I got my career because I, I won Miss International and I was able to make those connections. So if your goal in life is to um, succeed or ultimately get that job and pageantry will help you get there, you need to have those parallel experiences like Cara is referring to. And that might mean taking time off. Absolutely. Absolutely. And very similar to yours as well, Jesse. So, you know, although Madison was disappointed, she remained very determined. And in April of 2019, she announced the next step of her pageant journey. And she says, life gives us challenges. We decide if we accept them and how much we are willing to sacrifice to achieve them. She posted this in an Instagram post. She says, today I stand before you as Miss Toa Baja Universe with great joy. It is also filled with enormous nostalgia because what seemed impossible months ago today is a reality. Today, I represent everyone who, like me, doesn't know borders when you raise your flag and scream, I am Puerto Rican, even if I was born on the moon. (laughs) (laughs) Walking into the Miss Universe Puerto Rico pageant, Madison brought all of her experiences to the table. Every lesson that she learned and each tip that she took in was challenged into her performance. So very similar to like we've already talked about. Mm-hmm. And like her past pageants, Madison wore a vibrant evening gown that highlighted her toned physique. This orange evening gown stood out against Madison's blonde hair and tan skin and was truly a standout of the competition. And after impressing the judges with her performance, she achieved her dream of becoming Miss Universe Puerto Rico on June 13th, 2019. Can you imagine that being your first win after all that time? Oh my goodness. Amazing. Amazing. And going to Miss Universe. Like, ah! It all paid off. It did. It um, always does, doesn't it? It does. It does. Again, it all happens for a reason as long as you stay determined. And that's exactly what she did. Mm-hmm. Um, so a t- couple days after her crowning, she shared her feelings in an Instagram post. She said, today I can sit down and write these lines for you with my feet on the ground after two days living in the clouds, living my dream. I can now look at my crown and sash that says Puerto Rico and realize that it is all true and that I will be able to scream again the name of the homeland that I was taught to love as a child before the universe. Madison later expressed her gratitude to Miss Universe 2001 and explained how impactful pageantry can be. She says to Denise Quinones, and I'm hoping I pronounced that correctly, and the entire Miss Universe Puerto Rico organization, thank you. Thank you for giving 28 women the opportunity to learn and acquire tools that will serve us for life. Thank you for designing the perfect platform where we grew, not just as candidates, but as human beings, which is a lovely sentiment and exactly said. Absolutely. And even though she was in the clouds after her crowning moment, critics were quick to criticize her success and question whether or not she was qualified to win the title. Although Madison is clearly Puerto Rican, I mean, she's Puerto Rican born, for goodness sakes, some critics claim that she was not Puerto Rican enough. Hmm. Mm. And she was not born or raised on the island and struggled to speak Spanish fluently. 
When asked how she felt about competing against women who were born and raised in Puerto Rico, Madison said, I don't feel different from the other candidates because I'm Puerto Rican too. I represent the women here, but also those who live abroad. I always carry Puerto Rico in my heart, but being able to come back now, represent my island and tell my story, it's very special to me. Madison also had a passionate response for those who criticized her Spanish skills, explaining that she says, I am representing the new generation of Puerto Ricans who do not need live in Puerto Rico or speak Spanish. If you're born in the United States, you are not less Puerto Rican. Those are feelings that you carry anywhere. That's the new generation of Puerto Ricans. And I do want to say I, I have a couple of Puerto Rican friends. They live here in Buffalo, which is not near Puerto Rico at all. Um, and, and they haven't, they haven't been back in a very long time. And I totally agree with that. The culture of, of Puerto Rico is so prideful and they're so, um, they're so grateful to have, have that heritage and they're loud and proud about it. So she's so right in that sense is like, you can carry that feeling anywhere. And I, I do see it in my friends that do share her, um, her heritage as well, because it doesn't matter if you live there born there, have spent two days there. If you if it's within you and you celebrate it with your family, that's all that matters. Absolutely. Another thing too I really like about her statement was that, you know, she she kind of fought back, but in the most positive and mm. uplifting way. Um, and I thought that that was just so well done in such a classy way of, you know, she she recognized that, you know, there's people who don't agree with it. And she said, you know, but this is who I am and this is what I bring to the table and this is why I'm deserving of the title. Um, so I just thought the way she did it was so nicely done. Um, and so determined to represent this new generation of Puerto Ricans to the best of her ability, Madison hit the ground running with her preparation for Miss Universe. While doing so, she continued to promote the program that she worked so hard to create, and that was Metamorphosis. In her own words, she says, the goal is really to inspire and encourage women through their personal transformation. Just like the butterfly, it has a transformation of being a caterpillar coming into a cocoon and then breaking out of the cocoon with its own set of wings to fly. I believe we can apply that to our own lives. At times, people may feel they are trapped in a dark place and that there is absolutely no way out. That is that so-called cocoon. But with that effort, through that struggle, one day you'll have that set of wings that will help you fly to reach that other level that you are destined for. Everything is a process. Metamorphosis is really show is to show women that they have the capacity to achieve the life they're destined for. Embracing her own message, Madison relentlessly pursued her dreams. And in November of 2019, this journey brought her to Atlanta, Georgia for the 68th annual Miss Universe pageant. And just as a disclaimer, this is actually the Miss Universe competition that I judged. Um, So I was there in Atlanta. I got to see Madison compete. So there are a few things that I'm not going to be able to answer. So some of the questions, Jesse, if you have any of them that I can't answer, I'll just let you all know ahead time um but i was there as well and then that live telecast so she came in november and then the live telecast happened that first week of december um so she definitely had you know the the full experience and this was actually the last like big major pageant before covid really hit um so i believe the telecast was on december 8th of 2019 and then you know our lives completely changed starting in march so um it's a fond memory for me too not only getting to judge but also just getting to be in person 
person at a pageant. We we need that to happen soon mm-hmm. again. <laughs> well, and don't be shy, Car. You said you think it was December eighth, but didn't you judge any birthday? I did, I did, but they they competed all week long. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it was it was on my birthday, which is pretty cool. It's a great way to bring in twenty six that year. Um, but uh, but yeah, so I got to be there and um, I got to see her compete. So at Miss Universe. Does the does the final night panel also do the interviews? Um, that year, it just depended. We had some people who had done the whole judging experience, so I was one of them. I did the interviews, I did the onstage competitions as well, and the final night. Um, but they're constantly, you know, having some judges in and out. Some people just do finals. Uh, I believe one judge just did interviews. Um, so there's a wide variety of perspectives um, that are all yeah contributing to the conversation. Well, I hope you can give us as much inside scoop that you can, that you feel comfortable with. But that's it. I won't pressure you. You can plead the fifth if you need to. That sounds great. So, so when it came to Madison's wardrobe, she was ready to wow the judges. And it's safe to say she did exactly that. She decided to represent Puerto Rico's national flower, the hibiscus, during the national costume competition. And fashion designer Joshuan Aponte decided that he was up to the challenge and crafted an enormous, elaborate, and glamorous gown. If you haven't seen Madison's national costume, Stop what you're doing unless you're driving and Google it because it is spectacular. So it's her national costume. So the designer, uh, Joshua Aponte, explained that the color palette reflects Puerto Rico's diversity in nature, the golden coquille, uh, the living example of the Caribbean island's most distinctive landscape is also there. The green and the red represent Puerto Rico's hibiscus, the national symbol very carefully treated with delicate light fabrics to also replicate the freshness of the country's mountains. It is spectacular, truly. Absolutely. And if you've never been to Miss Universe, the the national costume parade is just remarkable. I mean, these women go all out. Um, the the dresses are incredible. But for Madison, her costume wasn't just a costume. It also had audio effects thanks to a Bluetooth device. So hmm. instead of just looking like the nature found in Puerto Rico, she sounded like it too. So you, you're not able to attend national costume as a judge, correct? Uh, no, it's not a judged phase of competition, but that does not stop the can- uh, contestants from going all out. Um, and if you know you're following the pageant and it's during pageant week, usually some of the best photos come from that parade mm-hmm. um, because it's it's just so unique. And um, I like I most of the contestants end up having to ship their costumes, you know, as they're coming from wherever the pageant's at because you can't carry it all in your suitcase. Some people could, mm-hmm. I think, mm-hmm. but um, they had to ship it and uh you know you hope that your costume's gonna get there but they are these elaborate costumes that are just incredible um and really do give insight into the culture of each country yes and that probably was a very powerful bluetooth speaker because i can't imagine like how much that projected so the audience could appreciate it as well oh my gosh spectacular so when it came Time for the evening gown competition, though, everyone's favorite. Madison played up the glamorous vibes and stepped out on stage in a gold form-fitted gown. This shimmering gown screamed sex appeal and perfectly hugged her figure. After an impressive preliminary performance, Madison was selected as a top 20 semifinalist. By Cara, by Cara selected. 
Oh, <laughs> yeah. well, all the judges there. So she yeah. was picked as a top 20 semifinalist. <laughs> and during the final competition, Madison amped up the glam even more um, by pairing her evening gown with a bold red lip. I have to keep hyping you because judging Miss Universe <laughs> is like really cool. So when I when we talk about the judges, I'm like, yes, you did that, Kara. You did it. Um, well, <laughs> maybe you did. Who knows? I guess, right? Because every, every judging panel, did they drop the high and low? For Miss Universe, as they do with other pageants, um, I'm not sure. <laughs> hmm. Anyway, so this is a quick coaching moment, though, because we just said that she had a bold red lip. So I will say, I want you to recognize the pageant you're competing in and the risks you can take at each level. What do I mean by that? I traditionally try to veer contestants away from bold choices like this in the main phases of competition, interview, evening gown, fun fashion, etc. The reason being is one, judges are not used to being surprised like that. And as a result, it may take them a little while to think, like figure out if they like it or not. They're like, oh, this is a surprise. Like surprise is not necessarily the first reaction you want a judge to have when you walk on stage. You want them to be in awe of you from the, from the beginning. So by the time they've thought about whether they like your surprise or not, it's probably working against you. So I, I, I say that with caution, that like she nailed it and it looked amazing on her, but she was also at Miss Universe, which is like, you're, at, you're with the cream of the crop, you can take chances, you already like have everything else going for you. So you can make those, take those risks. I would also say your, your style of gown also plays into that. I, I don't remember what year it was. There was a year at Miss USA where one of the contestants just had the most out of this world couture evening gown that I genuinely believe the judges just were not ready for because it was Miss Universe quality. Like it was perfect for the Miss Universe stage, but for Miss USA amongst all those Sherry Hills, because that wasn't the time where you had to choose a Sherry Hill, but most people still did anyway. I, I genuinely believe that because the judges weren't ready for being that out of the box, she did not place as high as she could have, um, which is a big bummer. Like you should be rewarding risks, but unfortunately that's the reality. So work with your coach to determine what the best choice is for you. A lot of contestants right out of the gate say, I'm going with an old Hollywood glamour feel and the, a theme. You want to avoid themes on stage. Um, so those um, finger waves and red lips are a beautiful look, but I personally do try to veer people away from them for the pageant stage. So Kara, I just said a lot. What's your what's your reaction to that? Yeah, I think to recognizing I, I agree with all of your advice. And I think to recognizing that, like at least at Miss Universe this year, um, the prelim competition was on a different stage than the final competition. And Miss America did something very similar this last competition where the prelim stage was very different. And you know, for prelims, a lot of times your judges are very close. So not only mm. do you have that element of surprise, but they're seeing you very, very closely. <laughs> um, where when you're on that huge stage and specifically for the Miss Universe competition that year um, you know we were in Tyler Perry Studios and the stage was massive and there was all these bright lights and it was uh, very different than the prelim stage I mean both obviously were just as important um, but I felt like that risk is definitely an easier one to take when you're a little bit further back when the lights are really there to kind of you know possibly wash you out mm -hmm. um, when there's you know a lot of you know maybe 
maybe background scenery, you have the cameras going, all of that where you can really stand out. Um, where, you know, I didn't have this issue when I competed at Miss America. We were on the stage in Boardwalk Hall for all of prelims and for finals. It felt very similar. Um, but I knew girls at Miss America who also took a risk there and like changed their gown um, from prelims to finals. And, you know, you, you take those risks, hopefully to stand out. And especially if you have the same judges panel. And mm -hmm. so that's another thing, keeping in mind, if it's a totally different panel, what you did in prelims, if it works, maybe you don't want to change it. Mm -hmm. um, uh, because you don't want that to come back and, and maybe impact your performance in a negative way. So it's definitely a risk to take, but recognizing when to take it can either have the benefits or definitely the drawbacks. Yeah, the changing of the gown thing is really interesting to me. And I I don't know if I would have the guts to do it because you just made a great point. Because if anyone listening was either in the acting world or is trying to get into the acting world or modeling world, they tell you if you go to a casting call and you get a call back, you should wear exactly what you wore to the casting call because clearly they liked something about it. You don't want to wear something different because don't take that chance. So in a pageant, you wear a gown, you advance. What, what happens, one, if you've saved a spectacular gown for finals, what if you don't make it to finals? And then you're like, well, shoot, I had this amazing gown. There, I for sure would have made it had I worn it. Well, you missed that opportunity. Or two, like Cara just said, maybe they loved your prelim gown and they're going to like your finals gown less. These are all crazy risks. I don't mm -hmm. know. I don't know if I would have the guts to change. Yeah. I don't think I personally would have ever, like, I didn't even know that was a thing. <laughs> Back, honestly, I was like, I think you just wear the same one. So I didn't know it was a thing. But I always have this mentality of like, I never want to know what if. And I mm -hmm. feel like making those risks, it really can pay off. But at the same time, if you don't perform as well as you thought you should, or, or as well as you did at prelims, it could be that, well, what if I would have just kept it the same? And that's a, it's a hard pill to swallow. <laughs> yeah, one of our previous podcasts, we talked about um, how short hair, like different hairstyles can set you apart. That's not what we're talking about here. Anything that's part of your body is you. That's your personality, your persona. It's your overall appearance. We're talking about styling choices um, in, in this conversation. So the gowns you wear, the makeup you choose, that's what we're referring to. We want you to take, not necessarily take a risk with your, with your hair and, um, with your hair look, something that just stands out. Something that if you feel you look better and feel more confident with short hair, don't feel like you can't. That's not what we're talking about here. It's specifically things that you put on after the fact, once you are ready to go. Absolutely. Cool. Okay. So as the competition went on, Madison was continuously called into the next phase of competition. And by the end of the night, she was standing on stage with Sofia Aragon of Mexico and Zozabini Tunzi of South Africa. So two very worthy finalists to stand alongside of. Madison poured her heart out during her closing statement, saying that, being on the stage of Miss Universe is not just a dream. I believe that I found my mission. It's a representation of dedication, resilience, and perseverance. I truly believe that my mission is to show the world that magic happens when we refuse to give up because the universe always listens to a stubborn heart. And show the world she did. During the final moments of the pageant, Madison would be holding hands with Miss Universe 2018, Zozie Tunzi. And even though she wouldn't be walking away as Miss Universe, first runner-up is as close as it gets. And most importantly, Madison had the opportunity to share her message about perseverance and dedication to an international audience. 
On the anniversary of her Miss Universe experience, Madison shared some sweet words of reflection with her Instagram audience. She stated, I'm blessed and fortunate to have lived such a moment as I did at Miss Universe. Thank you, Puerto Rico, for the opportunity to trust in me. Thank you for all of my supporters that always believed in me and showed me so much love. I won so much because I won the heart of my people. We became one. From now on, little girls can dream of representing our island regardless of where their parents have taken them to live right now. Uh, even if they were born on the moon, this chapter of my life will forever be one of my favorites. So that's so, absolutely gorgeous. I love that sentiment. Absolutely. And, um, you know, she's just always so gracious. I think that's one of, you know, like I first said on the first tweet that you had read or her post on Instagram was that, you know, she always stayed true to who she was. She's very resilient, um, but always so, so gracious to the people who um, helped her get that way. And even those that were maybe the haters along the way. Um, but she really did prove herself. So if you're chasing a dream that seems out of reach, learn a lesson or two from Madison and embrace the struggle. If you refuse to give up on your goals, your goals will refuse to give up on you. If you want to keep up with Madison's future achievements, you can follow her Instagram at Madison Anderson Barrios. If you would like to be the featured contestant for our next podcast, create a contestant profile with all of your information, hidden facts, and what makes you special. Then email support at Pageant Planet with the title podcast feature so we can review your profile. We'll let you know after you submit if you're scheduled. Thank you to Katerina Kataklidis for doing the research for today's podcast. And as a reminder, all of these outlines are sent to the subject in advance for, uh, for visibility. And thank you for listening. And if you received any benefit from this show or from ones previous, please consider giving us a five-star review. It may seem like a small action, but it really helps us keep the show going. Until next time, take care. Want to become a part of pageant history? Create a free contestant or business profile on pageantplanet.com to unlock hidden features and connect with other experts throughout the world.